Welcome to this episode of The Good Fork with host Diana Edelman of Vegans Baby. We're bringing you interesting conversations, interesting people with a plant-based twist. Friends, this is Lee Asher. He is the founder of The Asher House. He has spent the past two years basically driving around the country in an RV and a school bus with about a dozen rescue animals, um, helping animals get adopted across the country. Um, Lee, it is awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Your pup seems that he or she wants some kisses. There they are. <laughs> Honestly, he looks fine. And then as soon as he knows he's not going to get attention, he just... <laughs> that is fantastic. This is Fido. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so... What's his name? Fido. 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 We had a, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Fido's Tap House no. in Oregon? No. They're, they're, they're the, the world's first dog brewery. Like, they have a dog adoptions, and you could have your dogs inside, outside. It's a super cool. We had, I had one of my first events there when I first got started, and uh, I formed a group. They're, they're, they're awesome. Fido's Tap House in Oregon. It's right outside of Portland. Oh. Yeah, you'd like it. Fido, you want to go to Portland? He does. <laughs> he's in. He's in. He doesn't know he's a travel dog yet, but he's a travel dog. I'm yeah. Too slowly to like. I think. I think every dog is a travel dog. I mean, he's just. Oh, he's so cute. I love you. Okay, you need to stop now. Okay, so, <laughs> thank you for being here. Where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in South Lake Tahoe at the moment. Okay, and is that is that where you're from? Like, you know, I just I really want to know how on earth did you end up with so many dogs? Um, yeah, I, uh, that's why when everyone asked, when anyone ever asked me what my limit is, uh, I, I never want to lie because I don't really have one. So <laughs> I, I wish I did. Um, but basically about close to three years ago now, I, I quit my job. I just kind of had a realization that no matter how successful I got in that career, I was still never going to find like true happiness because I wasn't going to be doing what I wanted to do every day, which was to rescue animals and inspire people. So at the time I had six or seven dogs, I believe it was six. And uh, yeah, I, I quit my job. I didn't have a very large following, but the, the small group of people that did support me were very, very passionate about animal rescue, just like me. And um, it was because of them, especially, uh, because of platforms like the Dodo. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Dodo really talked about my mission and showed our story. And now we even have a YouTube series with them. It's amazing how that progressed. But um, I just have, you know, from a very young age, I spent a lot of time in shelters. From a very young age, I developed a lot of compassion towards animals because I never really understood why they were in cages. And uh, I started volunteering at the age of 13. And um, yeah, I, I just I quit my job. I decided I wanted to show my dogs, my rescue dogs specifically, the the country as much as I could, while showing people the beautiful bond that you can have with your rescue pet, and really eliminate all the excuses of why people, you know, surrender their dogs, don't do proper training with their dogs, everything, and of course the excuse of why not to rescue. There are so many, uh, just insane reasons why you hear people don't rescue, which. Uh, which, which I, I have to be, um, so many of my friends, so many of family members, you know, don't, don't rescue. And it, you, it, it really shows like you just have to do your best to, to teach and educate because um, if people don't know the importance of rescue, yeah. they never will. It's not something why, like there, there, are many, there are many different, like, you know, if, if someone is dead set on having a golden retriever, it's going to be very hard for them to find a golden retriever puppy. Like if someone's very set on finding a specific breed. So it, it takes a lot of work. And I just felt that there's no judgment on my end, but I felt that by showing my lifestyle and what I do while speaking, you know, while getting very loud about the rescue world, people will at least start to consider it. Like we both know Mike, like he's, 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 uh, one of my very good friends, mentor, a lot of different things. And he gave me the best compliment that I could ask for like six months ago. He said, you know, when I started following you, I, I never cared. Not, not that he didn't care, but he goes, he never thought about animal rescue. It wasn't a big, it wasn't important to him. And uh, at the time he had, I believe, three dogs and now unfortunately has two. But 
he said, none of my dogs are rescues, but what I can promise you is that next time I will. And that's all you can ask for is for people to just consider it or just to know the importance of it. And that's really what I wanted my mission to be about while making people happy and laugh and just, just be myself, you know, with, without any hesitation or filter. So, yeah. So, so how did I wind up with all, how I wound up with all the dogs? A, I already had a lot, but B, you know, I'm a big softy and I would go to these shelters and I would uh, see some, I, I would fall in love with dogs immediately, basically. And there were some that I would foster uh, to, to that where I couldn't get them adopted and I would end up keeping them and some that I formed such a bond with right off the bat that I just didn't want to risk not, not having them part of my pack. I have a hard time saying no. I really do. I understand that. I, I used to do rescue in Thailand and, uh, like my third or fourth day there, there was a little guy dying on the side of the road and the office sent me to go like look at the cat. And I'm just like, you picked the wrong person. Like, there's no way I'm gonna leave a cat on the side of the road. So right. I ended up like taking this little like six and kill kit and took him to the vet, covered all of the vet bills. He went and lived at the park I used to work for there. And then um, like when I got a house, I brought him home with me, but I can't, like, I understand that need to just, like, rescue all the animals and keep them all. I'm, I'm really fortunate I have a small place right now because I would probably have, like, a ton of animals. Yeah. A ton. Although, I'm yeah. sorry, like, I just got Fido and my one cat absolutely hates him. And, like, it literally, especially now that we're in quarantine, it's like keeping two children separated the entire day. She'll lunge out. It's, 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 it's really difficult. I'm not going to lie. Like, geez, she hates yeah. Pizza. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people always ask me about how to get, it, it's much easier to get the dog to be comfortable with the cat than the cat to be comfortable with the dog. I feel like cats really hold on. I love cats. But I, they definitely, I've had many and they hold on. They, they, they really like build resentment. It's very interesting how they, they have such personality. Well, it's not so easy to just make them, it's not, with the dog, it's more about making them feel safe yeah. and comfortable and then they'll warm up and be calmer around the cat, but the cat, it's not just about feeling safe. It's, they just don't want the dog there. They just, you know, they just don't want it there. She is an asshole and I love her with all of my heart, but yeah. yeah. I'm sure you know this, but it's definitely important if that's the case to give the cat way more affection oh, yeah. than the dog. No, I, yeah. Well, it's really hard because you've seen him, he needs all the attention, but yeah, right. I mean, she's a, uh, I definitely take the time with her. Um, so where, what were you doing before this? I was a corporate trainer. I was a consultant. I would go to a variety of different companies and uh, do like little sales presentations and help them with uh, planning and organization and things like that. And, and strictly in that professional field that they were in. Okay. And so when you decided to go on the road, you had how many dogs? When I first started, I had six okay. on the road. Yeah. And what was your first vehicle? Um. But for for traveling with them, yeah, we saw. I started off with the Narvi. Mm -hmm. You know, now I, I recently learned there's these communities out there, van life community and the schoolie community. And when I first started, I didn't know that there was really people living on the road. I didn't know any such thing. And then um, I, I I learned all about this, and I, I I was having a lot of problems with my RV. But besides that, I kind of learned that having an RV wasn't really cool. It wasn't like, what? You know, no, it, it was cool, but because it just was, it was very like, it's already a house. It's already this. I, I, I don't know. But um, someone recommended that I look into the, into the schoolie community, which is a school bus turned into a home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I did that and I became very, very, very passionate about it. Like right off the bat, I was very interested in it. And um, I, I recently, just uh, five, six weeks ago, I bought a converted school bus. So we we went from the RV to now we drive a school bus. How what is it like driving an RV or a school bus with you 10 dogs? Yeah. Well, it was 10 unfortunately. One of my dogs sadly passed away uh, yeah, this past sorry. this past Tuesday. Um it's so now it's nine dogs, but I'm sure it'll go back up to 10 or 11 in the near future. Um it, it's it's actually not what people think. You know, it's I, I try not to film them while I'm driving because it's dangerous. And then, of course, if I ever do, I'm reminded of how dangerous it is. But <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just point the camera behind me. It's not like I'm turning around while I'm driving and I'm looking. 
but they, they all just sleep and relax. It's, it's very peaceful. It gives me a lot of, it brings me a lot of peace and joy to see them all in my bus, you know, sleeping and kind of awaiting their next destination, knowing that it's going to be somewhere beautiful. You know, if you think about it, when they're, when the dogs are inside of a shelter, they don't know, they, they don't know what they're doing there, obviously, but the truth is they're either waiting to get adopted or euthanized. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to know that every, every stop that we, we have, it's somewhere beautiful for them to run and be free. So how, how many cities have you been to now? Do you, have you, did you lose count of like all the places you've taken them? No, they've, we've, we've been to everywhere, uh, the entire U S continent, except we've been everywhere except Hawaii. Okay. So 49 States. That's amazing. And you partnered with shelters along the way, like the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. What what's your experience? Like what has been like the most I mean, I have so many questions. So you're you're them all. I'm just, it's getting them all to like come out of my head. Um they're all like yeah. for each other. So you when you're traveling with these dogs and you and you stop at these places, you open up your, your RV or your school bus for people to come in. What is yeah. what's the most of the people you've ever had at one of these events? Oh my goodness! Um, in New York, there was there was around three or four hundred people. That was, that was massive. It, it's really unfortunate because I'm so grateful that they're all there. But the truth is, is that when there's that many people there, I can only let you know ten people max inside of the bus. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you have that many people there. There's my dogs can't just sit in the bus for four hours. You know, like when I'm driving, I literally stop every two and a half, three hours, four hours, maximum, maximum to let them out. If if you have an anytime we have an event where it's more than a hundred people, it's at least a two and a half hour event. So we we've been thinking of other ways to do it. Um, the past few events after New York, we realized like, hey, this is getting kind of big. So what we've done is. Um, We'll leave the bus and the RV open so people can just go check it out and walk in. And then we'll we'll have a little room where everyone can come hang out. But it's just not the same. You know, it, it, it's, it's much better inside of the bus so that people can get an idea of what it's like to be in a bus with 10 dogs. Like when I, when I, I remember when I first started, when it wasn't really an issue. And by the way, this is a high quality problem, right? But when I was, when I just started, it was very nice to always see how relieved people were and how surprised they were to not have any sort of tension or anything in the in the room you know they were all just very relaxed and they were always so surprised about how calm all the dogs were how are they so calm i mean it's a lot of love a lot of extra like they're get if you think of why someone would ever not be calm right there's there's something they're not getting at the time right yeah not being stimulated whatever it is so dogs are the same way there's something that they're missing like your dog is only jumping all over your face right now because it currently wants kisses but if it had a dog you know if i had another dog to be able to release that energy with or if you took it on a 10 mile hike whatever so my dogs are always so active yeah. but really when they're not active they're just exhausted yeah. they just want to be like they're just tired all the time like i don't know if you can see them behind me here Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, really? It's a beautiful St. Bernard. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, what, uh, okay, Amy Scott, how do you introduce a new dog to the pack? Very common question. Um, I never feel so comfortable answering it, and only because uh, it, it's like when someone gives advice about something personal, yet you don't know that person. Yeah. Right. So like, I believe mm -hmm. that every dog is different. Sure. There are similarities in every dog, but like there are things that you can see in dogs that you can't, you can only see and tell by meeting them. Like just like when I first interact with a dog, like I, I do a lot of videos showing people that when I'm at the shelter, I see a dog going crazy, barking, going crazy where most people, even the people at the shelter will tell me that careful, that dog is aggressive. But because of my experience, I can tell, my God, I can tell that the dog is not. I can see yeah. that it's just trying to communicate with me. And, yeah. and, and let's just say it has poor communication skills, if you will, but it's not aggressive. 
So I yeah. don't know the dog well enough to introduce it. A general, a general sense is like the general thing that you want to do um, is a, you have to wait to introduce that dog until you can release all that shit. Like if you're, if you're, if you are being like the, the attack is going to happen now, the attack is going to happen now, the attack is going to happen now. Your dog is just thinking, you want me to attack now? You want me to attack that? You know, like you're, our dogs can feel it. That's why when you're sad without crying, the dog still comes to you. Your dog is just no. And yeah. um, you, ha you have to first be in the right mindset to, to introduce the dog. You have to be in the right mindset. If you're set on getting a dog and you're not in the right mindset, you need to have someone there. Yeah. You, need, you need to have a trainer, someone who's confident or someone who the dog trusts, who, who ha who's confident, whoever. But the best way to do it, in short, sorry, is in an open field where there are many ways to distract both dogs. Yeah. You want to have many different ways to distract both dogs. In the beginning, with the first introduction, when they first meet, excuse me, it's better to have no distractions whatsoever. Have the distractions handy. Have the mm -hmm. toys and the treats in a backpack, all these different things. But that's another thing that I was going to say is the reason why you want to meet the dog first is some dogs, when you put them on a leash, are way more tense, right? But you yeah. see a lot of trainers say have both dogs on a leash. So you really have to find out what is what what can I do now? What is the best thing I can do now to not only make myself confident, but to make both both dogs as comfortable as possible? Best case scenario, you never need the distractions. The dogs mm -hmm. meet, everything is fine, they play, and you're like, no way, right? Even if they play, what you want to do is take them away from each other for a little bit and then bring them back 10 minutes later to make sure it's going to, right? You don't want to just, they think it's love at first sight, but they end up hating each other, right? So, but open field and let, let them just, for me, I'm not advising this, but for me, I let both dogs just be. I'm mm -hmm. right there because I could feel the tension coming before it comes. Yeah. I don't say... Uh, everything is fine, and then, oh my God, a fight happened out of nowhere. That, that has never happened to me in my life. I, I could see, hey, there's a fight that's about to happen, and then I immediately, like, bring one, like, I pick up, it doesn't, I'm lucky enough to be big enough, where it could be a 100-pound, 200-pound dog, and I will pick it up away from the other dog, yeah. and they both didn't react yet, so they don't know what's wrong. They just be like, oh, like, okay, and they go about their business. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's, I, that's why it's so complicated for me. Yeah. It's such a simple question with a very difficult answer. <laughs> so of all your dogs, which ones are like, oh, Fido, which ones are like best friends? Um, my dog, Tony and Lily are often together. Uh, Butters and Penny. Tony and Lily are the German Shepherd and the St. Bernard. Mm -hmm. um, Butters and Penny. Um, Butters is also obsessed with Stella. All the dogs, though, because Bo, my chocolate lab, is really the pack leader. He's the fastest and the strongest. And all of them really kiss his ass. And if they're not kissing his ass, it's kind of sad. They're biting the shit out of his ears to try to slow him down. I hate when they do it, but they do it so that he won't be so fast. So, you know, <laughs> makes, him, makes, makes him look pretty slow. So where do you get all these names? I just, I just like... You know, I, I, I like to give my dogs like little characters. Okay. So like, Tony, like Tony is from Tony Soprano. And uh, he also, his name at the shelter was Bear. I mean, he was one of the, he was really the biggest dog I've ever seen, I think, when I first met him. And then <laughs> uh, Penny is so small, like a Penny. I just come up with these little, little characters. I always change their name from the shelter, though, always. I, 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 the way I look at it is the day that I adopt them, is like their first day of freedom in life. I don't make them hold on to anything of their past, especially their name. Our names, in many ways, define us. You know, so I didn't. I don't ever want their names to be who they are. And what a lot of people don't know is, if a dog is surrendered by a an animal abuser, by a piece of shit scumbag, then that they will have negative association to their name because if the, it's an animal abuser. The, their, the, the abuser is only saying their name when speaking negatively to the dog. So that could be a negative association and people don't realize it, but let's say the dog's name is Max. Come on, Max, come on, Max, and Max is scared. And then they say, what's wrong, Max? What's wrong, Max? They don't realize they're, they're, they're literally saying the problem. So it's just a safer thing to do 
to change the name completely. And it doesn't matter if the dog had the name for, I just, my, my current dog was, uh, her name is Cece. She, I, I adopted her when she was 14. She had the same name for 14 years and I changed it. To, it, it was Casey previously, I changed to Cece. So it's just good to change the name. Oh, now I feel bad that I didn't change it. I feel like the organization <laughs> So there's a difference if the organization, a lot of times the organization gives a name. But again, there's no reason to feel bad. Your dog obviously doesn't have a negative association, right? <laughs> there's, there, I, I could promise you it doesn't. <laughs> so Fido is good. Don't worry. If it, the dog had a negative association, you would see it every time you said his name. Well, that's fair. Because like when I got when he came with the name Fido, I was like, well, I'm not changing that. Like that's that's like the quintessential dog name. It's a great dog name, and it does make it hard. Like I don't. Tony's name, his name is Barrett, and I was like, that is extremely fitting. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean, but but it makes sense why you would change it. So Yeah, it's just my own little thing, too. It's like, why not? How has your life changed? Like, well, actually, let, let, me, let me back that up a second. So when you started doing this, how yeah. many followers did you have? Um, well, like everyone else, I started with zero. Yeah. <laughs> and then... No, I'm trying to think of the process. I think when I, yeah, when I decided to quit my job, I had thirty thousand. Okay, and then since then, I'm you know it's 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 you so two years on the road. Yeah, my my first my first my first visit was February second, two thousand and eighteen. Where? Um, it was. Uh, the Sacramento SBCA. No, the excuse me, San Francisco SBCA. You know how many people showed up? Four people. Hey. You want to, you want to know it gets better. It was a family. <laughs> what? I got one dog adopted. Yeah. Actually, the dog that I got adopted, which is so funny, was someone, someone's mother who followed me who couldn't make it to the event. So she had her son call the shelter that day and to tell me they want the dog. So I was like, okay, I got a dog adopted. And I paid for the adoption fee. So when you, I, 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 yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I remember like my first, when I was, I was so excited that I paid for the adoption fee and I paid the beginning of my whole thing. I paid for like the first few weeks. I think it was the whole first tour actually. I paid for the adoption fees, but. Not only did it get very, very expensive, but I, I learned that maybe that wasn't, I didn't want people to come there just to get a free dog, you know? Yeah. So how many dogs have you gotten adopted for, for your tours? Only at, I, 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 exactly. At the tours alone, at the adoption events, we're, we've exceeded over 500 dogs. That's amazing. Yeah, which is, which is really amazing. And I know I need to be happier about it, but like I really wanted you know, I'm supposed to be on the road right now. I'm. I, yeah. I would have had several events already, and I really wanted to to double that in just this tour alone. I wanted to exceed a thousand. But um, you know, what's really beautiful—that's the power of social media—is how many people have let me know, which is so kind of them because they don't have to. Yeah. To let me know they they they've read like what Mike said to me that their next dog is a rescue, and so many people have said that and actually followed through with it. And said, "Hey, I don't know if you remember, but I had that dog, and they unfortunately passed away. And now I just rescued my first dog. I couldn't be happier. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you're making a you're making a real difference, and that's incredible. Um, so, uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, of course. So, how did you end up doing the Dodo series? One more time. The Dodo series. Yeah. How did you end up doing that? That you know, it, it's nice to know." you see a lot of people on social media and there's a lot of media companies that I've worked with mm -hmm. that like don't really give a shit about anything except uh, viewers and engagement. And the Dodo really cares about the stories. Like they really do. Uh, and I've gotten to know the people there and yeah, it's a business, but it's a great, they're great people. Like the people who work for the Dodo really work their ass off and they brought the name of the series is The Rough Life with Lee Asher. Um, we're, we're in conversation now regarding our third season. And they they told me that they wouldn't filter me, that they'd allow me to do my thing. And um, it, they brought this to me a year ago. And I was, I was just, 
a little bit more than a year ago. And I was really just overwhelmed with joy to, to be able to continue to work with them. I mean, they, they really know how to capture a story. And you know what I really like about them is there's no um, exaggeration to the situation. Yeah. What I mean by that is like so many times when there's a rescue story involved, I don't want to say it's exaggerated, right? But really, we add a lot of drama to make the story as sad as possible, you know, yeah. or to get as many donations and all that, which it makes sense. But the Dodo really doesn't do that. And yeah. uh, they didn't make me do that because they, they also knew I wouldn't. And they're just, they're awesome. Dodo always makes me happy cry. <laughs> so Yeah, that's what everyone says. <laughs> happy <laughs> cry for sure. You need to be like emotional. I'll go watch something from there. But right yeah. now, like everyone's emotions are just like up here. So I'm like, okay, we can't watch Dodo for a little bit because I just, <laughs> even if it's good, I'm just, I just need a minute to like not feel like all the emotions. <laughs> So how did, how did Ellen end up hearing about you? Um, from what I was told is that uh, she actually saw my videos on the Dodo mm -hmm. and uh, really enjoyed them. And then when she asked her producers and asked everybody about having me on, evidently we had already been in conversation. And they were like, yeah, we're in the middle of talking to him now. My, I'm, I really, I know a lot of people think this, and uh, a lot of people say it, but I, like, I know without hesitation, I have the best supporters in the world. Like, they're, they are, like, they treat me as if, like, we grew up together. Like, because they've also seen me evolve. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm not even close, thank God, <laughs> to who I was just two years ago or three years ago when they, pro when they started following me. And some of that was probably painful to watch. You know, like, I've changed my mind on things. Like, I've said things. I've, you know, I've made mistakes. I've also made huge growths. So, like, the people that have stuck, you know, you know when you're on social media, you're going to be following someone. And then all of a sudden, you disagree with one post and you unfollow that person. It's, it's like, it's, it's mind-boggling. And I'm guilty of it, too, by the way. Yeah. But literally, like, you're, you could be in love with this person, love their content, and then they tell you, you know, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat and you're like, Oh, never mind. I don't like you. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So I, although I gave you that example, i maybe have given training methods. People disagree with my opinion on being vegan, which like, I remember one time I did a post about it. I, I lost like 2000 followers that day. Yeah. Just, just from talking about, like I talked about how awful and, and I get people's argument. So I, I could, I won't try to cover my tracks, but, uh, but I, I, I talked about how, oh, sorry, let me go back to your question, then we'll get to this. But I had, the, the Ellen Show told me that they had over like 2,000 emails, which was the most they've received since a couple of those stories that were like, like were really tearful. But it was like one of the most they've ever received from people like, have this guy on your show, have this guy on your show. Some people demanded it. And uh, it was really funny. And um, with Ellen piquing her interest and in all of the people suggesting it, we were on. And I was only notified, I got 24 hour notice. Oh my gosh, where were you? I was actually in Miami for a wedding. It was the first time I'd been away with my dogs longer than 24 hours. And they were like, we might call you this week to be on the, to be on the show. Um, can you, like, it's your only chance. And I was like, I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. And they said, okay, you should fly home right after that. And I was supposed to stay there for a few more days. And I, I was on the next flight. What was going on? And, and then the, the day after I got back from the wedding, they said, you have to come here. That's What, what went through your mind when you were backstage? Oh, my goodness. I, uh, it was uh, an incredible moment for me. It really was. It was... Um, I had, you know, I had a vision board that I cut out in the shape of our of the RV when I first started, and Ellen was the first thing on there, and as well as several companies that I've wanted to work with, which I've accomplished all of those. So I'm all out of goals. I'm just kidding. Right. Um, but I, uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe. I remember I was in the backstage, and I remember seeing her sitting there, and. Um, they were just like, they, they were like, make sure they were like, they wanted to make sure that I would be excited. And I was like, I honestly don't think you need to worry that I'll be excited. I was like, I think you just, I just need space right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts talking about the mission and then 
says, you know, these guys are real life heroes. And I was like, oh, my, I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, I was honestly a fan of hers. I'm a fan of anyone who is willing to say, let's see what happens to yeah. step out of the comfort zone. And like her story is really amazing. It's very easy to see someone where they are and think that's where they've always been. Like, that's what your mind does to protect you. Yeah. Right. Your mind does that to say, yeah, you don't have to compare yourself to that because they, they, they're, they're like that, but it's not true. People evolve into who they are. Right. And they take risks to be where they are. Everybody, no matter what, even if their father or mother was the richest person, like, if you're if you maintain success, it's just not easy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And uh, she has done that. It's like probably the highest level, you know, and I was like and I was thinking about that while I was backstage. I was like, she like. I like I was like, yeah, I peaked, you know, like she has done it. I, like there's no one who could have me on that. I could share this like that I could be this excited about. And I, I don't think that exists. I don't. So when you walked out on stage, like, what's the first thing that went through your mind? I thought to myself, how hard should I hug her? Because I don't want to break her back. <laughs> I was warned that she had a bad back to not dance with her. I said, okay. And then I was like, I expected because of her bad back to not hug her. But like, of course, Ellen being Ellen, she went to hug me. And I was like, I want to hug her to like, show that I'm here. But I also want to hug her <laughs> to not be... But it, it was it was wonderful. I remember just sitting there and like I'm just like I was so zoned in on her. And uh yeah, I was fangirling. You know, I was just I was I was I was speechless and I was so happy. I was so happy to be there. I really was. It it was truly an honor. Yeah. And yeah. how has your life changed since then? Because I think, you know, as you said, like it is I, I don't necessarily think it's your peak, but like that is I mean, that's an incredible opportunity for you to really yeah. reach the audience. So what, what's changed? You know what? I, I, I don't say this to be pessimistic. I say this to be honest. Um, n not much. Okay. And I say only because like, uh, I'm, I'm not like, you know, my following increased uh, yeah. about 10,000. It wasn't, it wasn't like we went from, it didn't, we didn't, it didn't double. It, it increased about 10,000. Um, but the big thing it did is it gave us a lot of credibility. Yeah. Um, we actually, which is kind of interesting, like I found out after that a lot of people want you on their show before Ellen. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you've already been on Ellen. Like, yeah, like she is the top of the top, you know, <laughs> but that, that, it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. It, I'm not talking about shows that like would have changed your life, but like, it really showed me like, when I, you know, I always had so much and not so much, but I always had a lot of doubt, like, man, did I make the right decision? Like what, it, you know, everything I do is based off sponsorships and donations. Like what if tomorrow I lose all my sponsorship and like, you know, anything could happen. And then when I went on Ellen and she said what she said and she whispered something really beautiful in my ear saying like, she, she just told me that she can't wait to see what we accomplished. Like she let me know that she watches our stuff. It really showed me, like, it doesn't matter if I didn't have one sponsor. Like, as long as I have my bus and my dogs, I'm, I'm like, we're going to find ways to inspire people and promote animal rescue, you know? And uh, that was the way it personally changed my life. From a business standpoint, um, I think it just gave me the confidence to, I mean, you know what? It, what's interesting? Like, I want to get back on the show. I want to show her what we've accomplished since then because it's just, we're, we're bigger and better now. And I really want to show her what's happened since. And I think, and that's kind of one of my goals to, to, to put it out there. I mean, that's amazing. It's a great, it's a great goal to have. I think, I think that's a pretty yeah. damn good goal. If you're going to have one. I mean, who doesn't want to be on Ellen? Who doesn't want to be on Ellen twice? Right. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like once this wasn't good enough, I guess. You're going to need to be more with Ellen on it and some other people. And, you know, uh, maybe add Hawaii to that. Figure out a way to get all yeah, that the problem the problem with going to Hawaii is that you, ironically enough, quarantine is a very common, common word right now, and you they quarantine your dogs for like, I think it's thirty days or or even ninety days. I don't know. It's a long time. They quarantine your dogs. Yeah, so I there's no way I would ever do that. No, I don't blame you. So when when you're traveling with with your dogs, like what's the biggest challenge for you? Um. 
I don't really have any that I can think of. Okay. I mean, like, you know, sometimes it could be, sometimes it could be pretty tough to fight, depending on where we are, but with the more experience I have, you know, you're, I'm learning, but it could be hard to find a place to let them all out because I don't use leashes or anything. So it, it could be tough to find a place to make sure that I could take them all out at the same time. But it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a minor issue. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of driving. Yeah. It's like, it's a lot of driving and um, which, which I, I'm not complaining about, but sometimes it's uh, it, it puts a toll on the old back. <laughs> of course it does. Of, of all the places you've been around the U.S., like what's been the place like you can't wait to go back to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, two places come to mind. Uh, the one which is which is more feasible, a lot easier, is Utah. Yeah. Um, I had I had some great. I, I just had a great time in Utah. There was a campsite I went to. It was somewhat life-changing. I was there with my dogs by myself for about a week with no service, really. It was beautiful. And then uh, I'm really excited to go back to Alaska. Not necessarily for Alaska, although Alaska was great, but it's the drive to Alaska that uh, in some ways is, is quite transformational spiritually. Well, I, I would imagine it's such a – I've been to Alaska twice. I, yeah, and it's it's one of the, I think, most beautiful places I've ever been. Just – I can imagine just that drive leading up to it is just absolutely magnificent. Yeah, it, it's it's out of this world. You know, there's berries everywhere and moose and so there's wolves and it's it fantastic. Come here. Come here. Come here. Sorry. Barking at the cat, maybe. Come here. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come on up. Come here, Daniel. I think he wants F O O G. Come here. Come here. Come here. Um, so, uh, okay, let's talk superlatives because I'm really curious. Like, you know, senior superlatives that like most likely to X, Y, Z. What are your dogs? Like what's Butters? Um, Butters is most likely to lick one of my dog's asses and then try to lick your face. <laughs> Isn't that most dogs though? <laughs> it's pretty gross. Um, what's another good one? Um, I mean, they really all have their thing. I, I feel like it's interesting to be, it's, what's really interesting about having such an audience is that you really realize that each one, each audience has like a different bond with each dog, Yeah. right? And that's crazy because so do I. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have Lily, who's like Grandma Lily. She's the one who is always, she doesn't like roughhousing. She doesn't like the dogs running around. You know, she... It takes a long time for her to warm up to you. You know, e each one of them has their thing. Stella is most likely to eat your food if you're not looking, 100%. She's the pit bull. They're, they're, but they're all really just, I'm very lucky to have the dogs that I have. They're just fantastic dogs in every way. So in, in talking about your fans, what's, you know, now you have you have followers from all over the world. Um, yeah. and. What's the what's the like furthest someone has come to meet you, and to meet your animals? Oh, you start. You, I think Mike told you then, right? About well, the I, was, I wasn't thinking that necessarily. That instance. I was just thinking in general, like you know, you have people from all over the country that want to come meet you, and, and yeah. you know, that wasn't um, the first time we've done that. Actually, there's there's two two stories that that really stick out. One. Because uh, Mike was there for this one, and he was in shock, which I, which is so funny. So was I. But uh, we we have a uh, an amazing supporter um, who's also become a friend of mine. Her name is Anne, and um, she drove from Michigan all the way to Vegas to be at Violet Vegan Cafe. Yeah. and she slept in her car. You know, for, she was sleeping in her. Yeah, it was unbelievable. She always writes me the nicest letters, and she's she's a fantastic person. And then one time, sorry, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. No, so some uh, I don't know where what I forgot where we were. I think oh Chicago, yeah. Someone flew flew from New York to Chicago, uh, just a, a quick twenty four hour trip to to be at an event. I thought that was cool. It was further. Sorry, I'm not sure where it was, but they I, I when I. 
just the fact that someone would jump on a flight to be at our event is amazing. So what do you tell people? Uh, like if, if, if I were to come to you and say, hey, I'm buying this dog, what do you say to somebody to kind of get them to rethink that decision? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who has someone in their life that might buy a dog versus going to adopt? Well, uh, before I even like get into how I'm going to inspire them, I'd, I'd ask them if they've even considered adopting, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm, I'm that that's going to bring me to a place to start. Like the last thing I'm going to do, and obviously, you know, I'm very passionate about being vegan, not eating animals. Like one thing that really upsets me about, with all due respect, the vegan community, is the very same thing that truly upsets me about the rescue community, and is that we judge before. Mm -hmm we understand. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's amazing. Like I cannot be mad at someone who, who has spent 30 years of their life in a, in the same town with the same people, with the same family that are all, all meat lovers who don't know uh, about being conscious of, uh, uh, of another living thing like that. Right. You, they don't know. Like we have to understand first, the first, so to answer your question, and that's people same same thing people do in the rescue community. Someone yeah. says they want to buy a dog, and they literally think that they're not a good person. Yeah, like they really do. They think they're not a good person because of that, and that's not true. Yeah. So I, the first thing we have to do is understand their world. Yeah. Right. What 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 is their world at the at, at that point? So I would ask them if they've ever considered it, and then if they say no, I would say what types of dogs. What, what kind of dog do you want to get? Mm -hmm. So let, whatever they tell me, let, let's say they would say a St. Bernard or a Golden Retriever. I would pull up a rescue, a St. Bernard rescue, a, a Golden Retriever rescue. But then I would also let them know, if they, I would ask them if they wanted to be educated. Like I would say, like, can I talk to you about something? Like, let it, don't, don't waste your time. Can I yeah. talk to you about this? Is your mind made up, right? Yeah. But I really noticed is that this is why I do so many of my video videos inside of the shelter. People think they want a certain dog until they go to the shelter. Yeah. Like when you go to the shelter and you see, cause uh, uh, although a lot of my dogs are purebreds, which I, a lot of it's on purpose to make a point that you could rescue any breed. The truth is the healthiest breeds are mixed because they're yeah. definitely not inbreded and excited. They have less disease, live longer. No, not no, but less chances of hip dysplasia, all the above. So, I just tried to educate them in those very minor details. And of course, if I can convince them to actually go to a shelter, I'll say something like this. I'll be like, do me a favor. Before you buy it, there's always going to be puppies available. You haven't fallen in love with the dog yet. And you're definitely, if you go to a breeder's house and they show you all those puppies in the kennel, you're going to pick one. So before yeah. you pick one, do me a favor. Let's go to three shelters. Go, go to three shelters, right? And if you don't fall in love out of those three shelters, right? If you're not willing to go to more, then 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 do do what you think is best. Yeah. But I, I you know, sometimes people are so self-consumed that when someone who's such an empath is trying to convince them to buy a dog because so many dogs are put down, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't really care, which doesn't make yeah. it right, but it also doesn't make you a good influencer. You yeah. influence people the way they would best be influenced. So say yeah. like, maybe it's money. So you're going to spend much more money on the breeding, dog, whatever it is. And and that's, I would, I would find my leverage. I would find my way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I did rescue in Thailand and because I, I worked for an elephant rescue organization and, you know, you would have, I've noticed there's like two different camps of people and they're the people that are aggressive to make you change your mind. And then there are the people that are like you that kind of read the person and, and talk, it's, it's far more compassionate. Mm. And I find that that activism, that, that way of making awareness, I think makes somebody a lot more open to making the decision that you're trying to like encourage them. Absolutely. Or even the shock factor. Um, you know, I know for me, like, and those Sarah McLachlan ads come on about adopting a shelter animal. Like I have to turn it off because I just it breaks my heart. But I'm still going to go to a shelter. I'm still going to adopt a dog. But yeah, you know. and unfortunately, you know about those. First of all, I do want to say something. 
Because a lot of times when people are getting advice, they look within and say, oh, I wish I was like that. I, I, I'm only recently like that. I used to be on the other side of the spectrum and be like, if you don't do this, you're like this. You know, I've evolved yeah. into being more compassionate to influencing people and how people view their world. So that's just something to work on. You don't have to say, I'm not like, well, I'm just not like that. You don't have that. That's very stubborn, you know. Um as far as those Sarah McLaughlin, I can't even say her last name. So how do you say it? McLaughlin? McLaughlin? Sarah McLaughlin? No. I don't, I don't know. Saying, I don't know. Hard to say for some reason. Um, they don't, sh that's a, those commercials are great for donations, but they're not great for adoptions. Yeah. You know, that that's, if you've never been to a shelter and you see those commercials, a lot of people think that every dog inside of the shelter is missing an eye or a leg or, you know, has, has throw up coming out of their nose. It's like, people will say, okay, look, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give them money, but I'm still gonna go buy a dog from a breeder, Yeah. right? But the truth, like, they need to show the fucking healthy dogs. They need to show, that's 1%, 2%, one or 2% of the dogs in the shelter look like what you see in those commercials. They literally take all the sick dogs and they put them in the same row. But man, so many of them are fucking, healthy and ready, you know, and that's what they need to show. They need to show the good ones. So so what are the misconceptions of, of, of adopting from animal shelters then, besides the fact that they're all like in that robe sick? That, that to me, that's a, a big one. Yeah. Uh, same line would go for aggressive dogs. People <laughs> look at shelter as jail. Why do people go to jail? They did something bad. Sorry. My battery just said 15%. Oh, okay. um, uh, they go, uh, they go to the, yeah, they think the, sh the dogs go to the shelter because of, they did something bad. So they need to know that it's not the case. Dogs don't go to the shelter because they're aggressive. Same exact thing. A very, very low percentage of the dogs at the shelters did something that they were bad. Someone said, you know, I'm not going to say his name because he's so successful in the dog community, but I remember watching an episode of his and he, while, influ while trying to influence people to rescue and you could even see that it wasn't genuine he then finished it with i know that uh, you know most dogs go to the shelter because they have something wrong with them i couldn't believe he said it i couldn't believe that this guy gave out that information it was it's so untrue yeah like most of the dogs the biggest reason dogs end up at shelters is because people are moving yeah. Because people are selfish because people don't know how to handle the responsibility. And yeah. then there's the part of not being judgmental where you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know if they're sick, uh, you know, they can't afford the dog for whatever reason. If they're dealing with some type of abuse that they're afraid the dog is going to have to uh, endure as well. There are many different things that we have to be sensitive to. But I'm telling you, the amount of dogs that are aggressive or sick or have anything wrong with them, it's so small. I mean, it really is. It's so small. Most of the time, you can't even see. I should have said this. You can't even see those dogs. Yeah. They yeah. They don't show you those dogs. You know why? They're making them. They're trying to make them better. Yeah. They're in a different room. They're not adoptable. There's a sign that says you can't adopt this dog. I mean, it's just. It's super unfortunate. And it's yeah. the media to blame. It's not the people. Like people, the media needs to do a better job at sharing. You know, yeah. like what, what the thing is. And then, of course, another misconception, um, even though this isn't, even if this was true, it it's, doesn't mean it's a bad thing because I love pit bulls. But um, a lot of people think that every dog at the shelter is a pit bull. Yeah. I mean, there are many organizations and shelters like the Sacramento SPCA. They, they have more German shepherds than they do any other breed. And then after that is huskies and then it's pit bulls. Yeah. Um, and the only reason people in my experience, give up pit bulls is not because of aggression. It's because they're a very, very strong dog yeah. mentally and physically. And that takes a very strong human being to handle that dog. And that's all. Well, I know your battery's going to die. So I, and I don't want to. I, I, I have another, another couple of minutes. I just wanted to kind of give you a, I, I probably have a few minutes, but. Well, before, before we lose you, what are some ways I know right now you just, you have a Patreon. What are some of these people you, you could have for a second, but I heard you. I, I think I know what you said. The ways to, to learn more about us and support us. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the Patreon is awesome. The I mean, if they just go to theasherhouse.com, 
Mm-hmm. That's our website. There, there are many ways there they can learn more. Obviously, Instagram is the Asher House. Facebook is the Asher House. Uh, mm-hmm. It'd be greatly appreciated if you guys would subscri- subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, it just started, but there's a lot of – we put up a lot of older videos, which will be able to catch you up on everything. So you're kind of starting – from the beginning, which is quite nice and getting a sense of who we are. And, uh, but yeah, the, the, those, those are the best ways. And just, and just, you know, a lot of times people say they don't have money. What are other ways to support it's, it? To me, it's not about the money, just sharing our story, you know, taking what I said about how to influence people, be compact, just try to be uh, us animal lovers, right? Need to learn that we could find a way to be just as compassionate with people as we are with animals. Beautiful point. You know, well, well said. Well, um, th- is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I enjoyed meeting you. I know, I know that we haven't met, and uh, this is our first time. Mike has been trying to connect us for quite some time, and uh, spoke very highly of you. And I, he, uh, he, he did not disappoint. You have a great energy. You're very sweet, very patient. I know we had some technical difficulties getting started, and I would have threw my phone across the room. You, you didn't even flinch. I just don't show you that. <laughs> I have a hard time not being fully transparent. I need to I, work on that. Okay, and I did throw a box of cereal across the room, and it felt really good. So I went up and picked it up and threw it across the room again. <laughs> I need to work on throwing things. <laughs> I'm not picking up so this cereal box was good. I'm like, this is cool. I can just throw it. Nothing's going to come out of it. Nothing's going to break. Really good thing to get your brains out. <laughs> well, so much. Um, I appreciate you guys. We're going to wrap up. Stick around for a minute, Lee. And um, if you guys have any questions, this will be on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to this again on the Good Pork Podcast, which goes live very soon. Facebook, all of it. Uh, Lee, I appreciate you. Asherhouse.com. Thank you so much. And uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm not ending it. I'm staying for a second. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Good Fork. I am host Diana Edelman of Vegans Baby. I appreciate you all so much. For more on this episode and other show notes, head over to vegansbaby.com and click on The Good Fork Podcast. And for more vegan dining, vegan news, and where to go eat in Vegas and beyond, head over to vegansbaby.com. Have a great one.